What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the Venice Best Actor Volpe Cup winner for memory, Peter Sarsgaard. Anna said there was a man outside. He followed me home from the wood braven. Get away from the window. You all right? It's amazing you didn't catch the morning. Well, I haven't been sick in years. You just got lost a minute ago. No, I didn't get lost. Listen, I apologize if I made you feel uncomfortable the other night. It's fine. It's, it's not fine. My uncle talks about you a lot. My dad and I were maybe thinking you could care for him during the day. All you'd have to do is be there and go on walks and stuff. Why did you follow me home from the party? Or do you only remember when it's convenient? I don't remember. Uh, Peter, wonderful to see you again after uh, seeing you over at AFI. We we, we had dinner together. We had a great screening uh, for memory. Uh, First of all, I got to tell you in person, congratulations on the Best Actor win over at Venice where this film had its world premiere. What did that feel like? Were you surprised? What was going through your mind when they uh, called your name? I mean, I wasn't surprised when they called my name because they tell you to stick around. Yeah. They don't tell you you've won, but they... They say, why don't you stay in Venice another day? So it was actually a great way to win an award. I mean, for a lot of reasons, because mm-hmm. it's it's confined, right? Like films are selected to a festival. Then there's a jury. They watch those films. They talk about it. They think about it. It's amongst this group of movies. So it doesn't feel as crazy as some of these other awards things that are so, you know, it's populist. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um but to actually get up and accept it felt like a, just a great opportunity to to sort of share it. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, getting up on stage and receiving an award like that is really about like, like what I said in the speech, it's about like communion between yourself and everyone else who saw the movie, you know? Absolutely. It's also a great way, too, for eyeballs to get on smaller films such as this. And at the time, it didn't have distribution. Now it does. And um, you're 
rightfully receiving uh, an awards campaign uh, to highlight your work because, quite frankly, I feel like all across your entire career, you've always been subtly recognized, whether it's from various critics groups, Emmy nominations, uh, whatever the case might be, been a part of many SAG-nominated ensembles. But I just don't know if we've ever had an opportunity to really, really focus and hone in on what a great actor you truly are. And that's what I want to do here is I really want to highlight... Um, how remarkable your performance of Saul is in this movie here in memory. So first of all, I want to know what was the preparation like because this character suffers from a debilitating illness of dementia. And so what what, what work went into understanding uh, that disease and how it could impact your performance? So, yeah, I um, obviously that was a very good place to start in terms of thinking about him. Um, one really important thing to me from the beginning was that he, I didn't want to make the character his affliction, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he is not dementia. <laughs> and also where he is at in terms of his dementia in the movie is a place that I know pretty well. You know, I've known people, my uncle who's close to me, who some of those early times it's very confusing for family and for the person suffering from it, right? Because they remember a lot of things and they're able to do a lot of things. And then suddenly they're not able to do something. Yeah. And so it's very easy to pathologize someone before they have actually even gotten to the point of needing, you know, to be watched 24 seven kind of thing. So in, in order to do that, I, I really wanted to meet people who were kind of early on with it. And we had a um, doctor who was working with us on the film, and he put me in touch with two different patients that I had a kind of phone relationship with because I felt uncomfortable about showing up and getting to know someone and them knowing somewhere that I was just studying their affliction, you know? Yeah. And I had great, it was just such a lovely way to do it because we, we didn't talk about dementia hardly at all. Right. I mean, occasionally, but I just chatted with them and I was really surprised and moved by how much of their lives they still had, both of these men. And that was an important thing to me going in is that idea that don't count me out yet. (laughs) I've got another 10 minutes. You know, my dance card isn't full. Can't we just, you know, like we all have an expiration date. Mine's just a little sooner. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. But there's a real hopeful message that rings true in Franco's film here, something that I jokingly have said I haven't gotten sometimes from some of his other films before. But what was that like for you coming into this, knowing his previous work and then knowing what this material was and how he wanted to approach it? I thought he was way out on a limb (laughs) Um, and to the point where, you know, because he's very collaborative. Mm-hmm. We were making the film, um, and I don't, I'm not going to say what it was, but I had a really a Michelle Franco ending in my head. Sure. It's a pretty obvious one. Mm-hmm. And I guess you, I could tell you it just involves introducing yourself to someone else, you know. And that would have been, I think it would have been cheap, actually. (laughs) But I was I was really busy trying to make it a Michelle Franco film for some period of time before he he just said, you know, he was really at a time in his life during COVID when he was thinking about things that he wanted in his life, 
you know, and those are a lot of positive things, um, including love. And so it's very brave to try to make a love story, even though this is, you know, one that is maybe not an idealized one, mm-hmm. but it certainly is a love story. And uh, it's very brave for the actors to do it too. You know, it's, it's, it's much easier to make something that is cynical or meta yeah. or, you know, clever or this is none of those things. This is just straight for the truth. I thought it was incredibly honest and hopeful in the sense that if you can find two people who are um, this broken, that can still find some form of hope in their lives like that, that that just speaks then to everybody else that's watching at that point. And I remember like leaving the movie the first time thinking, oh, my God, I'm like feeling so fulfilled after a Michelle Franco film. This is amazing. Uh, I know. I love that. I love that about this film is, you know, I, I sit and watch the last 30 minutes of the film. It, every time there's a screening yeah to get the temperature of the audience and be able to do a q a kind of on having seen it with them but also because of the way the film leaves people yeah. you know people are very emotional after the movie mm-hmm. but not in a way that is like defeated somehow even though if the movie were to start at the end right if that's where the movie began mm-hmm. it would be like a really really brutal movie yeah. <laughs> you know so I, I think especially in these times where we all wake up to tragedy every day, mm-hmm. that it's a real antidote. I love seeing what the movie does to people. It actually really motivates me. Look, I'm motivated by, you know, showing off my own work because I'm very, I feel very good about it. I'm motivated by showing off the film and um, its artistic success. I'm also really motivated because I feel like I'm carrying this film around and going like, I promise it'll make you feel different than you felt every morning. Sure. <laughs> I have. That's really, and that's really great. I think any film that has the ability to give people a different outlook on life or change lives, whatever it is, it's always for the better. So remind yeah. people of their humanity. Yes. Which is something that we're all lacking nowadays. Yeah. Speaking of which I'm really curious to know, and don't take this the wrong way, but what does Sylvia see exactly in Saul? Because their meeting at first is whew, obviously can go down a really, really terrible path at first. And it, I don't want to reveal much to the audience, but they start to get closer. And I was really curious what was the attraction, the draw for her over to him at that point, do you think? I think it, I mean, you're asking me that. I think I... I think that it has to do with the fact that he doesn't dwell on the negative in his own life. Mm-hmm. And she is someone that is dragging a weight of a very brutal thing that happened in her past, right? Yeah. And this is a guy who is only looking to the future and really only looking to the next couple of minutes in this moment. Yeah. And I think that that is very, very compelling. I think you're with somebody who like, you know, she could have acted a certain way with him as she does at the beginning of the film. And he's not, he's not going to, he's not, it's not going to matter in terms of the moment that he's in right now because of, because of the dementia. Mm -hmm. Um, But also because he's just got, for a guy who is, got a certain amount of time left and a certain amount of time that's going to be very brutal. He's just an enormously 
positive person. Now we we see underneath that later, he reveals some of it, but like really, really in every moment, just trying to be like, you know, this is me. I have dementia. You want to go see a movie? I don't even watch movies. <laughs> you know? That was maybe the most soul crushing part of the movie for me was, oh, my God, a life not being able to watch movies and follow the story. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and I mean that sarcastically. There's obviously some yeah. stuff in this movie. But yeah. uh, so working with Jessica, a great scene partner. Absolutely. You two have worked together before, right? No, no. Okay, so yeah, I, I was one. I was thinking my memory box, but I couldn't find anything. So no, we've never worked together. But I did see a very early screening of uh, the movie where she played Tammy. Um, I was a Tammy Faye. I was Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I went to I think one of the first you know public screenings of it where she was there, and um, we were I, we were both just blown away by her performance. So technical, but also so lived in. It was like everything that an actor tries to do. Different from herself, including herself. And we went up to her afterwards, both of us just very moved. And um, and I think that that was like maybe the first connection that I'd ever had with her. Mm-hmm. I was telling her that I'd maybe met her a few times before, but I really, really felt strongly about the work she had done. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So how do you guys um, develop then that level of trust? Because this movie, um, to Michelle's credit, to both of your credits, it's extraordinarily intimate. Um, It's very subtle. And there are scenes where the two of you get very, very physically close to one another. So can you talk to me just a bit about that trust that develops between the both of you as actors? Um, Because whether it's one size fits all or you got to just develop it with just the actor that's across from you and each, each time it's unique and different. Can you just talk to me a little bit about that trust that develops? Each time it is unique and different for sure. Mm-hmm. The relationship that I had with Jesse Buckley in Maggie's movie mm-hmm. and the way in which we went about doing the very intimate stuff that we had to do. Yes. Very different than the way that the Jessica and I did it with Jessica. I felt like the, she and I just intuitively And I think I can't put words into her mouth, but like for me, I intuitively felt like I really knew a lot about her and maybe I was wrong, but I thought, I, I, I feel like I, I understand you. And so with that, I felt very comfortable because I, I read people fairly well. (laughs) We did not talk about all of it very much. We actually rarely really interacted on set unless we were acting. Mm -hmm. So, which, which I think was very helpful because actors tend to chum around a lot on set. Sure. And we, we did almost none of that. We would show up on set, do the scene and then separate and then come back and do the scene and then separate. And, um, probably good for your character too, to do that. Good for our characters too, because the ways in which they're connecting, it's not overly familiar. Yeah. 
it is actually deeper than familiar. They skip familiar Mm -hmm. and they go straight to the headiest place together. They've actually kind of missed a couple of steps in terms of being in a relationship, right? Yeah. And I think that's what makes it interesting. And I think that the way in which we went about being around each other on set contributed to that. Um, We didn't plan it. And even the way we said goodbye, I I told Jessica this a couple of times, I've never said goodbye to another actor like this before. We finished filming. We're kind of outside of a subway. She's about 15 feet away from me. And they were like, that's it. And everybody clapped and everything. And we both just like waved from 15 feet away and then walked away. And I think we both had a lot to process. Hmm. I think that that's part of it. But it's also that we really left it all on screen. Everything is on screen. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's a lesson somehow. It's like sometimes actors, if they're going to make love in a movie, mm-hmm. you know, in life, they become a couple somehow. And of course, that frequently destroys it. <laughs> right. There's really something to be said for not wasting a lot of energy off screen and just having it all be up there for people to see. Yeah, I would agree with that. The moment where you fall into the bathtub, accident or planned? I don't know if I should answer that. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just tell you this. I'll tell you this in general about the movie. Okay. Almost all of it's written down. Okay. Um, But how it goes down is it changes. There's, there's only one scene in the movie that's improvised. Mm -hmm. And that was done because he films the whole movie and then leaves a couple of days to add scenes that we might need to reshoot a scene if you need to, to even add a line at the end of a scene, which he did on one. But there's one scene that we we improvised. Um, a moment like that of falling into the bathtub, yeah. Obviously, because there's dialogue that follows that has to do with it, it wasn't entirely improvised. <laughs> um, but the way in which I did it, that is... I think that might be the only take mm. because we shoot a wide, right? That, that scene is in one. There's no coverage. Yep. I fell into the bathtub. I don't think we went and put me in another change of clothes and had me do it again. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we just, I'm pretty sure that is the take. So that's what the quality that this movie has frequently is like the lovemaking scene. Yeah. That is one shot, one take, yep. no coverage. There are several scenes that are like that, that are, you know, one shot, one take, no coverage. I think of like the intense uh, big scene towards the end uh, between Sylvia and her and her uh, mother and everyone that's in that scene is in that wide shot. And you're looking at each actor, including yourself and how they are reacting in the moment to what is going on. Oh, my God. I wanted to disappear in that scene. But I think Saul (laughs) wanted to disappear in that scene. I was like, how can I become part of the wallpaper? Yeah. But yet still be supportive. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm going to be supportive, but not in it. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you do in a moment like that? You just got to let it play out ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm also curious to know, too, because there were times where I was wondering in this, what does Saul latch on to that he can remember long term versus the things that he does forget? And were those conversations with Michelle uh, very specific and deliberate? Those conversations were not conversations I had with, with Michelle, mm-hmm. but um, 
Here's the thing that I really learned from talking to these two guys. Mm -hmm. Every time I called, they knew kind of who I was and that I had called before. Yeah. They never remembered my name. They never remembered what I did for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a welcome call because I, you know, I'm a friendly guy. And uh, I think the calls were memorable probably because I would joke around with them and we were telling all kinds of stories and I would, I would always be remembered. Yeah. So like when my, when her daughter shows up at my house, for example, I know that this is someone I like. Mm-hmm. This is my friend. There are people that are your friends and they're the people that you don't like. (laughs) And that is an important human thing to sort of remember, right? Like if someone really fucked you over, you, you, you hopefully will remember that. Um, and I wanted to put his stage of dementia in a place that was not what we had seen in other movies before, which is frequently like every single scene is about not remembering or remembering or, you know, having difficulty getting through. I wanted to show someone at the beginning of dementia, because a lot of people, this is an area that is not talked about and shown in movies that often. They could get along. They could, with the help of his notebook, which is not explained in the movie, but I, I do write everything down and I hold yeah. on to that thing. Like when I go to her work, that's how I figure out how to get to her work. Now, when I get to her work, I forget why I was there and what I wanted to say to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? And instead we do what we do. But um, yeah, I, I was really interested in the, the very beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kept a lot of that to myself. It could be random. You could like remember something that you had forgotten in another scene. That is certainly behavior that I saw with these people. The, one of the guys that I talked to while I was talking to him, he said, oh man, um, my son's here and he's reminding me of the fact that I passed out in the kitchen and hit my head and I woke up in the ambulance. And so that happened a couple of days ago. And I said, why'd you pass out in the kitchen? And he was like, I think like my medication and I hadn't had enough sleep and I, you know, so seeing people really live their lives, have events like that happen, continue on, you know, he's now talking to me, um, was important. It's important to see people still living their lives and having dementia. There's a group here in New York that I've been in contact with quite a bit called Reimagining Dementia. And that whole idea of just reimagining what it is mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. My uh, my grandmother uh, just recently got diagnosed with dementia uh, just recently. So I feel like I'm going to be experiencing that in my own way uh, over the next however long it might be. And that's the thing about Saul that uh, this movie has given me now, which is that may not know like necessarily how much time is left, but it's important to live in that moment and live it to the fullest that you can. And um, I thank you for like providing that to myself, many, many others out there, of course, that are yeah. both dealing with it uh, directly and also indirectly as well. Like don't jump the gun. Mm-hmm. Don't bury someone before they're dead. Right. That's, that's the real thing. Look to see where they're actually at. I mean, the way my brother acts in this movie mm-hmm. toward me, you know, he's moved into my house and all this stuff. And I don't know. I think he's jumped the gun. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. definitely an overprotective element, sure. But, uh-huh. you know, that's coming from a place of love. But, yeah, I definitely think also it's like the death sentence. It feels like it's, it's signed and he's 
accepted that, you know, whereas he's not yeah. concentrating on the here and now. I'm still here. Right. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. This woman likes me. <laughs> Give me a break. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Peter, I, I could talk to you for, you know, forever, <laughs> but uh, we, we only have so much time here. And I just want to once again say thank you uh, for the time and also thank you for the performance and the work here uh, that you do across your entire career. I don't think I've ever seen you give a bad performance uh, in anything, actually. Well, I'm particularly proud of this one. You know, I think yeah. partly because Jessica and I together make a very interesting soup. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's not, we avoided sentimentality quite easily mm -hmm. because the combination of us was never going to be that. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good note to end it on there, Peter. Well, thank you once again for the time. Best of luck to you over these next couple of months and I uh, wish you all the best. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with one of the stars for the new Michelle Franco film, Memory, Peter Sarsgaard, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Memory is up for your consideration in all eligible categories at this year's Academy Awards and will be released in theaters by Ketchup Entertainment on December 22nd. Peter Sarsgaard is up for your consideration, particularly for Best Supporting Actor for the 96th Annual Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.